Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to the 13th episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I am speaking to you very far away from Vesuvio in the west of Scotland. But we have Michele Borelli at Napoli Tickets on Twitter, sat literally in the shadow of Vesuvio in Naples today. How are you, sir? Hello, hello, everyone. Charlie, uh, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm still recovering from the from the league, from this mm. uh, amazing third place. When I say I'm recovering, I mean I'm recovering from from all the celebrations, obviously, because yes, were you I naked in a fountain? I was naked in a fountain until two hours ago. Yes, now because we have to record the podcast, I said, okay, let's you know maybe maybe two weeks of celebrations for this third place uh, is enough. Yes. Or the best, the joint best offensive league record. That is that a celebration would not be enough for that. I will just get a tattoo uh, <laughs> on my chest of uh, yeah of the the Laurentiis face. More of that later. Um, welcome everybody. And uh, Michele, you're going to go on holiday soon, aren't you? You're off to the, the sunny climes of elsewhere, so we're going to be away for a couple of weeks. So, but we thought. We couldn't leave you. We couldn't leave you, dear listener, with, with no, no Napoli news direct from the Città itself, could we, Michele? No, we couldn't. So to begin with, just to paint the picture of Naples and help us all settle in, uh, what is number 13 in the Napoli Tombola? Number 13 on the Tombola is uh, the opposite of a filthy number unfortunately and uh, yeah we're still waiting for those but number 13 is sant'antonio da padova saint anthony from padua and um yeah so this this week is a saint it's number 13 and uh, symbolically speaking because maybe i haven't mentioned yet but uh, obviously every number every number is linked to a uh, some kind of you know meaning uh, symbol um person animal genitalia whatever and um <laughs> and those are also used you know to to play the uh how do you call it like the lotto yeah yeah so uh there was a there's a nice movie called uh così parlo bella vista i don't know if you've if you've watched it but it's one of the most famous napolitan movies and it's really it's just a beautiful movie in general very funny and uh yeah one of the scenes in this movie basically depicts um, a couple of old ladies uh, going to a lotto, to a tombola specialist. So the story is that, and it's just, it's not the story of the, of the movie at all. So it's just like some like two, two minute scene, uh, some kind of like a parenthesis in the movie. And it's so funny. So these, these two ladies have dreamed about something and they're going to this specialist because they want their dream to be interpreted. Uh, they want the dream to be turned into numbers uh, right. to play those numbers and on, on the lotto. So they describe the the dream they've had. So it's like, oh, I dreamed of a knight on a horse, and he, he asked, oh, it was the knight. Uh, I don't know, like riding the horse on on grass or on a street, you know, because the number changes otherwise. And he's loosely interpreting this this dream based on uh, on the tombola, of course. So sure. yeah, so obviously Sant'Antonio da Padova is number 13, but it also means luck. So if you dream about um, like a lucky event or Sant'Antonio or the number 13, they're all linked. So you're dreaming about number 13, Sant'Antonio and uh, yeah, something lucky, something miraculous. Well, uh, it's, it's going it's to happen. It's funny you should mention this, Michele, because I, I don't play the lottery very often. Some people call it the stupid tax. I think that's unfair. Because in the UK, it does also fund lots of great cultural activities. Mm. And it may or may not have funded some of my cultural activities in the past. So I chose some new numbers for the Euro Millions. And I included the number 13 because we're going to do our 13th show this week. 
And I got an email this morning, McKenna. I have won £3.20 on the Euro Millions. All right, then. Yes. I think I'm entitled to like a 20%. You can have it. And if you think the ticket costs £2.50, I've made <laughs> the, the first money we've earned from this podcast, McKenna. We've, we've earned 70p. 35p each. Nice. Let's probably that's... give some money to Ken and Rafa as well. But we'll nah, 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 okay. no, no. Um, that's good. So we are going to get to, I'm just looking ahead, like when's the first bit of filth? Oh yeah, in a few episodes. No, don't, don't. I haven't, I haven't looked at it. I okay. just want to, I want to be surprised. You know, because I don't know them by heart. I know like six, seven, eight numbers by heart. Like the most famous, maybe 10. But uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more than those. But there are 90 numbers, so there are too many. I don't know all of them. Okay. But yes, we'll I want to, to be we'll surprised. We'll get there one day. Um, so we've got San Antonio and anyone listening to this who is like walking past a, a news agents or whatever, a corner shop, this is the lucky episode. So in you go, get yourself a lottery ticket and donate 35% of all your, no, 13% of your winnings to uh, both uh, Michele Borelli and Dr. Henry Bell. So thank you. How is Naples, by the way? How's the weather? Is a heat wave, right, in Italy? Is it coming? Uh, I don't know if I would call it a heat wave. It's it's hot, yes. It's warm. All of a sudden, it became very warm very quickly. And, Some people uh, would call that a heat wave, mechanic. Uh, yeah, but it's not that hot. You know, it's like I wouldn't call it a heat wave if it's still bearable. You know, if uh, if I'm not sleeping in my underwear, it means that it's not it's not Thank that you. hot yet. Thank yes. you no, you're much. welcome. You're welcome. There so, you go. So yeah, no, it's about I don't know twenty eight. 29 degrees which is still decent you and know, what is bearable what is, what's your advice to somebody who finds themselves in a heat wave in naples what would be your, your premier advice of what yeah, to do a, should i say like the boring stuff like cover your cover your head and drink plenty of water well oh, no man. one's gonna do that so what's, yeah. what's your, are your sort of go to the beach go to the beach go to the beach and and swim i don't know like uh, uh, napoli in july and august is it's uh i don't know for me at least it's unbearable you know like it's kind of nice because there are no like the locals are not there uh, right. which doesn't mean i don't like the locals it just means <laughs> yeah, that the streets right, are the streets are empty and uh it's very quiet it's a very quiet time in august like all the all the shops are closed and uh, yeah. um yeah 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 everything like the, the the city stops existing basically for a whole month and it's kind of enjoyable for a change and uh, yeah, but it's also way too hot, way too hot. So yeah, I don't know. Like go to the beach, other like go yeah. to the beach. Yeah, there's not many beaches in Naples, though, are there? That's true. That's true. In the city sadly, itself. Sadly, yeah, that's a very sad uh, fact uh, about Napoli. The it 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 hasn't always been the case. There were yeah, Napoli I was, was full this. of beaches. Yeah, like a, well, a, a long time ago actually. But then the uh, the uh, like the yeah well. I think in the, the beginning of the last century, they did the, they did some like a, a lot of uh, renovations about the city, like like the, the Lungomare that we all know, the seafront of Napoli, that didn't exist. Like the the actual street Via Caracciolo, the street where you know Sorbillo is and where the 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 Villa Comunale, the park is, and the uh, Ciro Chalet Ciro and all the other like even Castel del Lobo, like all that street over there, the seafront. There was there was a very long beach before, and then they built a street over it. And uh... I know I read this because we probably my favorite, apart from going to see the football, my favorite bit of my most recent visit to to Naples was it was on the day of the match when I got back. We just spent like three hours walking along that whole part, and we got a really good pizza, so just on the edge of Chiaia. Um but then we found out that that was all a beach. That would be imagine that now. No, make it I, happen. It's, it's way too painful. Like it's it's sometimes it's been discussed. Like it 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 is discussed in Napoli, you know, because it's Napoli is basically like a, a sea city without any beaches, which is which is crazy, you know. And uh, there are some Barcelona plans. or somewhere like that. I mean, yeah, Barcelona. yeah, yeah, yeah. But even like, even I think they did some like artificial beaches, to be honest. But there are yeah. some there are some talks, but. They've been going on for years now because Bagnoli, 
the the whole neighborhood obviously it's it's i think we talked about that it's very empty right now because there were some uh, um metallurgic uh, industries some uh, some uh, factories there uh, then that that which which were dismissed like many many years ago but the soil there is still uh, polluted with heavy metals so oh, it hasn't it hasn't been well it's it's good and bad obviously it's it's bad because it's polluted but again it's no one goes there because it's it's uh it's kind of enclosed in this uh in this uh in this area you know like you you can't have access to it and yeah. that is the bad part the good part is that obviously it kind of because of that it resisted the the expansion of the city like some like the unauthorized expansion of the city you know a lot right. of areas where are very aggressively built with residential buildings so it doesn't like a lot of like new areas don't make any sense uh but bagnoli obviously resisted that and now it's empty it's polluted but empty so it's it's been like they've been talking about that for 30 years now you know like what to build there how like what to clean and i don't know how many hundreds of millions of euros have been wasted doing nothing you know it's 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 a shame and uh, yeah, but there are some projects, and one of the projects which I really liked was building a huge public park there, and nice. uh, also build a very long beach there. I, I remember the the renderings of the project; they were amazing. Obviously, it's still stopped, and no one is doing anything right now. But it it was very nice, and yeah, I mean, as some of you know, one of the projects was also building at the Napoli's new stadium there. De La Rentis, <laughs> De La Rentis said, not De La Rentis said so himself once. He literally tweeted like a, a picture of Bagnoli and said, this is, this is going to be Napoli's new home. <laughs> Unbelievable. <Wow. laughs> yeah, well, obviously that didn't happen. No. But uh, yeah, like he literally said that. It was a dream come true because I've been talking about that. Like I, I, I seemed crazy to a lot of relatives and friends. You know, they were like, I was for years like, uh, we have to build the new stadium in Bagnoli. There is space, you know, like... It's the perfect area, you know, there are train stations, it's easy to reach from the... It is really well the, connected, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the, 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 the country, you know, the government, the national government is wants someone to develop the area. So I'm sure, you know, if you be, it's not too far from the, the actual stadium too, so the, the current stadium too. So it was it's on the perfect. same train line, isn't it? The same train line. The... Kind of, yeah, but obviously that didn't happen because... You know, it's, uh, it's hard to build a stadium if you don't want to spend money. So okay, so this is a good moment to to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So I rather enjoyed that. I think if anyone listening got any got any memories of, of Bagnoli, please share them with us. If you're an architect who's very well connected to both uh, Neapolitan uh local politics and also italian national politics then please do get on with building some more beaches huh. uh although we love naples just as it is um so what we do today is we're going to have a bit of a chat about aurelia de laurentis because he's been very much in sort of opening his mouth in public as he tends <clears> to do and we're going to talk a bit about that and then i'm going to um delight confuse and possibly offend the world with a series of bizarre questions to Michele to hopefully um, wrap up the season and give out, I wouldn't call them awards, but sort of, uh, I would say, definitions of our players and staff over the course of the season. So it's going to be a mixture of heated discussion and uh, ridiculous whimsy, which is what I hope is our MO as a podcast. So (laughs) ADL this week has come out, talk, not come out, that would be quite um, quite the news. He's come out and, and, and started making some of the noises that, again, Michaela, you predicted last week. You are the oracle, the Napoli oracle, um, most suitable with Napoli's Greek roots as a, as a city. But um, you were saying that, you know, you can always spot it because ADL starts making these strange noises about the city and about money. And lo and behold, he talks about Mertens and Koulibaly. Have you got it in front of you or could you just summarise what he was saying for our dear listeners, please, McKinney? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me, but I know them by heart because it's every, every time that... <laughs> okay, I'll try to restrain myself. Every time our president speaks, uh, you know, obviously it has an impact. Um so I, I, 
he also tends to speak very freely, like he doesn't have any any limits, you know, in what he wants to say once he has to say. So it it is interesting to listen to what he says because it's 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 yeah, it's not filtered. And uh yeah. Say and, that again. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I do I do like I do read what he says very carefully. So uh, I think the press conference, yeah. Well, the excuse, the excuse for this press conference was uh, like announcing the summer retreat. That both summer, I think they were announcing the one in uh, the second one because now we have two. Obviously, uh, they were announcing the second one in Castel di Sangro, which is a yep. very nice place. I've been there, not for the retreats, but I've been there. Um, so yeah, they the were. World. Yeah, so obviously every time every time he talks, like every time he's in front of the press, he, he can uh, contain himself. So he, he talks like he, he just starts talking. Even, even if the question is not for him, he just answers, which happened a lot during this press conference. So like uh, they asked him, well, I, I will just ignore the questions uh, about the, you know, the, the retreat because they're kind of boring. He just said the stuff about, you know, like, yeah, this place is very nice. I They've been asking me to go to the U.S. instead of retreating, like, summer retreats in, in Italy, but I think uh, that's not good for the fitness of the players because they, they are better better off training instead of, like, traveling around the world, which is good. I agree with that, so that's nice. But then, obviously, they asked him some questions about, you know, the Koulibaly, Ospina, they're asking questions about Mertens, Fabian, you know, all these questions. And uh, uh, yeah, he went back to his old script and uh, he's been doing that for a long time. I just found, find it very funny in a way because he accuses people of what he's guilty of, you know, like he accuses people of being attached to money too much. And uh, well, he is attached to money, and he should be because he's obviously he has a business to manage. So yeah, it's it's fair. It's, it's fair. You know, it's fair that I mean, why why would you not try to get the best, uh, like the most amount of money possible when you when you're trying to sell a player, and why would you not negotiate to pay the least amount possible when you're buying a player? That's just common sense, right? It's a little bit intense when he's that when he does that, and uh, sometimes it hasn't paid off, but. You know that's arguable. You know it's. Uh, um, it's yeah, a, I think it's, that is one of his actual qualities. Is that I think a lot of people who don't support Napoli, who perhaps aren't in the city or aren't even in Italy, think about Napoli as a club where it is hard to buy the players from, and I think that's, I think a good thing. Mostly, I agree that it creates an intensity around the whole. Mercato situation and particularly it gets quite difficult when you're trying to sign players and he's essentially just squabbling over really quite insignificant things don't get me started on image rights mamma mia mm-hmm. um, and it can actually keep some real talent away from the club so okay let's just go back to okay what are what are his old tricks so there was a there was a little bit of argument about the exact translation of the phrase he used but I essentially saw no, it as no, he it's... he said that like no, they you, have to I, make I, a lifestyle choice, essentially. No, I I tweeted about. I read the tweet from I think Tony. I think it was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he, no, he literally used the vile money uh, words. He literally, does, he said vile moneta. I when I when when Tony tweeted that he said there was mistranslated. I I I went back to the video because I didn't watch the video of the press conference. I only read the transcript, but it was a very precise transcript. Uh, but then I went back to the video. I skimmed through it because it was like an hour and a half of rambling. And uh, I found the exact part of where he was talking about the money. And uh, yeah, he, he literally said vile, vile moneta, which means literally don't say there's vile coin, which yeah. is vile money. It's the same thing. So yeah, yeah no, yeah. but basically the idea is, and he's done that in the past with many players. Um, he, basically, he basically said, I made my offer. And now they have to they have to decide whether they love Napoli more than they love money, because yeah. I, accepting my offer also means accepting a philosophical lifestyle of living in Napoli. And the Napoli is great. Napoli is blah blah blah. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and that bothers me a lot. And uh, but this comes off the bat. And let's this, this is my my neutral 
arbitrator role here, McKenna. So this, this comment comes against the context of, of Napoli finalizing three signings at the very beginning of the Mercato. Onguisa's loan move becoming permanent, uh, the Uruguayan left back coming in, his name is gone oh, out of my head. Olive, Olive, Oliveira. Oliveira. Olivier, Olivera. Olivera. And um, the Georgian winger. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the, say the name. <laughs> I'll get there. I will learn how to say it. I will do it. Um, and I mean, I have a name that Italians can't really pronounce. Henry, it seems very difficult for lockdown, and that's fair enough. Um, so a lot of people tweeting or commenting, most of whom aren't in Naples saying that I don't understand why people are always criticizing ADL. He spends, he always spends money. And I suppose what you've opened my eyes to a bit and the, you know, these thoughts were in the back of my head is that that's not really the issue. I don't think anyone's ever questioned the, the money that ADL spends on players. I think he, generally speaking, we tend to recruit as high a caliber as players as we possibly can. Sometimes it goes right, sometimes it goes wrong. My problem is exactly this kind of stuff at the press conference, which is, I would say alienating the talent that exists within the club and shortening the Napoli careers of talented players. Um, and I've got other problems with him as well, which is more to do with the infrastructure of the club. But would you say that's fair, that there is an issue with this no filter in the sense it just pisses off the dressing room? Do you think we've lost players sooner than we should because of ADL? Uh, I mean... I don't think we lose money, we lose players because it's unfiltered. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't know because we, we really don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Well, no, I mean, uh, we can, I mean that, we can, but also his financial approach to... No, the financial project. approach, I think, is fine. I mean, it's, uh, you know, like, it, obviously, the, the nickname people here have given to him is uh, the pimp, Papone, and... Uh, which I like. I just like how it sounds, so I, I use it too. Papone. But it's uh, a papone. I just love it. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously that has some kind of like financial connotation. It means that he basically uses the club to make money for himself. And uh, that is partially true. And it's also fair in a way, you know, like I, I do understand, you know, I think that's the very, a very basic critique of De Laurentiis, you know, like, oh, you should spend more money. I think probably this is something every fan says about every owner of every club ever, Absolutely. you know, so, so that's, that's to be expected. It's obviously if you, if we haven't had a proper left, uh, left back for years. So people were like, oh, spend the money, spend the money. You know, he also said that in the, in the press conference in, in Napolitan. Like yeah. people come up to me and said, oh, catch his sword, you know, buy the players. He said, Napolitan. And it doesn't even with a weird accent, whatever. And um, <laughs> that is to be expected. He's the guy who decides. I mean, everyone wants, you know, like Messi, and you know, obviously, obviously, you can't expect the average fan to know that you we can't afford to pay 10, 15 million euros to, to players per season. So that's kind of basic, but that's not also that's not the problem. The problem with the Darentes is that. He's been consistently talking, uh, let's say, bad about the city and uh, the city, the fans, the, the the stadium, the mayor, the country, everyone. He's, he complains a lot and uh, I don't like it that, you know, like one day he talks very badly about the culture. He talks very badly about the city. Nothing works. People, uh, the fans are frustrated by their wives and they say stuff because they're frustrated and... Uh, uh, and stuff like that, and then the the day a day a day later he says, "Oh, but you know, players should remain because Napoli is amazing, and they should accept the the philosophical uh, idea of you know the Napolitan life." So he's basically using the city and the greatness of the city to save money, because that's what it is, right? And uh, that's regardless of the fact whether I mean of the um, whether Napoli is able pay uh these kind of wages to players or not you know like i don't okay like it's it's offering i don't know how much to merchants for example and uh that's arguable you know like i would like him to stay but not for any amount of money he just decided like my problem with him is 
he's suffering maybe probably less than what he deserves, what Mertens deserves with the Napoli excuse, you know, the, the excuse of, oh, they have to and stay And he's here. using, so that's interesting. So I, yeah, I haven't, I've never heard it explained so clearly. So, and this is, this is a quite a, a nuanced point here, McKaylee, in the sense that he's using the name of the city and also the culture of the city to serve his own agenda. So one day he's criticizing it and complaining about it. the next day he's saying it's the greatest place in the world. And so there's a sense that there's, that this is a, a phony connection to the city, right? That there's a sort of, yeah, the sort, the sort of bullshit to this, right? Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't realize it. I'm sure that he believes hundred percent whatever he says. It doesn't, yeah. he's a narcissist, you know, it doesn't, like he believes his own lies. And uh, yeah, he, every, everything that works with the club and uh, in the city is due to him and it's his doing and whatever doesn't work is someone else's fault. It, it, like he's it's, it's, it's said that countless times, countless times. He, he always, he like every press conference, he brags about number of fans Napoli has worldwide. Which is like he he paid some some kind of consultant called Deloitte, I think he paid to make yeah. some kind of like worldwide survey about how many fans Napoli has around the world, and he mentions I don't even know the number because it's ludicrous. It's like eighty million. I don't know yeah. something. I don't know whatever. Yeah. Million, but yeah, I remember hearing that. No, number, no, it was yeah. more than that. He said he said he said several millions just in the US. He said this. I don't even remember the number, but it was like a a big amount, like ten million. I don't know something like that. Well, there I, are I, lots of fans in the US. I wouldn't go as far as the 10 million, but we'll see. I mean, I think, but I think this is quite important. And I think this is something that perhaps gets missed if you're supporting the club at a distance is that, you know, we talked about the city a lot and the identity of the city and the very specific uh, feelings that people have who are from the city. And so the idea that that it's really his approach to that, the way he uses that as someone who is from, as you said last week, from Rome. So that is really at the center of the offense that, that a lot of the people in the stadium take towards him. Yeah, no, 100%. He is not a likable person. He's really not. It's uh, I have a lot of anecdotes, like private anecdotes about him as well. Like obviously there are rumors, but I... As I said many times, I believe these rumors 100%. Our rumor uh, section. We, we just need to have a, a lawyer and then we can start this rumor section. Okay? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. But I've, I've heard a lot of rumors about, you know, how De Laurentiis conducts business in the city. And, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just, again, uh, think about that. Think about him criticizing Spalletti for not loving Napoli. And uh, as a proof, as, as proof of his, I mean, it, I mean it, obviously he didn't really say Spalletti doesn't love Napoli. He just said he has to find his love for Napoli, says something like that. And he mentions the fact that Spalletti doesn't have a home. He hasn't bought any or rented any. Spalletti lives in a hotel. I think we talked about that. Yeah. It's so he last doesn't... week, and it's the same yeah. hotel that ADR lives in. Yeah, and yeah, it's funny that you know, like he's the number one Napoli fan, he's the Napoli lover, biggest Napoli lover in the world. And he himself in 15 years has never lived in Napoli. He's always living in a hotel, whatever that is. Hotel Do we Vesuvio, know what whatever. hotel this is, by the way? Do we know hotel uh, probably Hotel Vesuvio? Where's that? I think it's on the seafront. Ah, the, yeah. the, so you've got the fancy ones, you've got like the Excelsior and all that. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not 100 percent well, sure, but it's one of those. Yeah, it's, I think it's Vesuvio though. I will, whenever I'm in Naples, I walk past those hotels and I think one day I'll be able to stay in one of those, but unfortunately not. Uh, maybe when we get our multi-million pound sponsorship deals on this podcast, we'll be able to broadcast out of one of those places. But so I think that's quite an important point to make. And I think that gets missed. And I, so I don't think anyone who criticizes ADR criticizes him for not spending money on transfers. I think there is an issue with the wage structure of the club. And I think there's, for me, there's also something about there is something about the club sort of plateauing, which is down to ADL's principles, where he hasn't developed the infrastructure at all, has he? In terms of, you've been talking about, we have to hire the youth facilities like you would if you were hiring a, a pitch to play five-a-side on. There's, 
a sense that the social media channels, I mean, I know a lot of people don't really give a shit about that stuff, but like they are run in quite an amateur way. There's really badly translated English and stuff like that. There isn't that sense of turning ourselves into a club that can compete on the same level as Juve into Milan, even though we finished above all of those clubs over a variety of times over the past 10 years. And I think that's a bit of a missed opportunity. And I think a more savvy, contemporary, modern business person would have made much more out of that opportunity and secured a kind of longer term legacy for the club than what ADL has done. Is he, is he seen as a bit old fashioned or is this something that's more from me from the outside looking in? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's, he's seen as old fashioned. I wouldn't, or is it seen as a missed opportunity? Is it seems like we actually could have kicked on and become this, this made, not made, well, definitely major player in Italy, but also a, a player in, on the, on the European stage to a point where we don't have to depend on people like Maradona turning up and winning, winning us a Scudetto or individual talent like Cavani or, or, or people like that. Whereas we could have actually developed a, a club that could actually be, be run in a way where we can consistently compete for trophies. Yeah, no, I agree, but that's my opinion. Um, I think when people say that they don't like him and that there is a lot of people here who don't like him, I don't know anyone who actually likes him here. But maybe because I, I am in my bubble, you know, so... That, no, but that, I was there in Kurva B, man. And like, yeah, but Kurva B, you know, it doesn't... It's like, it's not representative of the whole city. Again, um, if you go, like, if you go to Tribuna, then it's, you have a different experience, you know? And uh, the Kurva Did B and Kurva... Did you hear the rumor? Did you hear the rumor, Michele? The game that, that we were at, there was piped in booing sound that ADL played. Yeah. It's, um, Did you notice that? Because I remember no. you said to me, all those boos were very no. loud from the Tribune. Yeah. yeah, that was the first time. It was the first time. It was immediately busted. And it's, I'm extremely embarrassed by it. And it's amazing that no one is talking about that. You know, he literally, they literally played boos and whistles from the audio system of the stadium when the Curva started their chance against the Laurentiis. That is... I don't agree with all those chants. I disagree, especially that day. You remember, I disagreed with them. But that doesn't mean you can play. What kind of, come on, like it's SSC Pyongyang? What is. Well, yeah, someone, I was listening to the Rigoro podcast, two amazing Scottish Italian dudes. Um, and yeah, they said it was, a, it was a North Korean approach to football ownership, which I think is, yeah. is probably true. I agree. So, so I just, I think that's important in, in, this wonderful community that exists online. And sometimes we do occasionally fall out about things, but I think that in terms of the, the ADL situation, I think it's important that there's some nuance and there's some focus about how we talk about him. And it's not just about how much money he spends. And, you know, we might have a great no. Mercato this summer, despite yeah. the worries that we've got, but that doesn't necessarily change some of the quite important cultural issues that there are between the city and, and Aurelia De Laurentiis. No, Harry, here's the thing. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people. I know I, I talked to some people, I mean, not Italian, not from the city. So Americans and stuff who have a different opinion about the Laurentis. I think the problem, if there is a problem, I mean, I can definitely see a difference in opinions between people who are from Napoli and people who are not. And it's surprising to me how surprised people are when they come to Napoli and they say, oh, wow, it's really hated here. Um, I'm, I've been thinking about that for a long time. I think if you listen to him speaking, I think maybe because a lot of people are not Italian speakers, so they don't listen yeah. to his press conferences. They, don't, they just judge his uh, results, like sport results. And that's not the problem, you know? Like, obviously, I mean, we can talk about that, but I, I, I do have my uh, critics about uh, De Laurentiis' strategies over the years. But, you know, like, it's very hard when you're not doing their making decisions and taking choices it's very hard to judge in a way you know like yeah he didn't he bought rog teliski and diavarao uh for the Higuain money and he wasted but it, i mean personally i don't know any other player so I, i'm not uh, so it's very hard to judge that and uh the the problem again is not you know it might be a little bit about you know the fact that we haven't won much we haven't won the Scudetto yet, the missed opportunity. 
but people aren't really not about that. You know, like when Sari was here, uh, we didn't basically buy any player for three years while Sari was here, and it was the best. I think it was the best experience as a Napoli fan in my in my life. Well, it's the highest three, quality three years. Yeah, highest yeah. quality football. Absolutely. And I think even in the no, there was a there were moments of the Maradona era where the whole team played brilliant stuff, but it was up there with yeah. with with what Sari did. And I think, well, I did. I mean, I think it's a different podcast, but I think if Sari had just signed a couple of players, we would have won that Scudetto. We got Politano. The goals dried up. If we had a decent a, a better uh, roster of players to play up front, it might have made a bit of a difference. But yeah, I do agree. But I do think people need to be aware of your Zoom background, Michaela. So could you just tell us who we it's have in the, the Magister Comandante Maurizio Sarri with a Napoli shirt, obviously, behind me. Yes. And uh, I. But no cigarette. No cigarette. I don't know what happened there. But he was probably lighting a new one. It's but you know, I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of still loving Sari. Even after I think it's he went okay to Juve. Yeah, it's just like I've, I honestly I've loved him way too much. My friends made fun of me during those three years because I was literally obsessed with this man. I was so, they made fun of yeah, I was honestly like every time someone spoke of his name, I I I started like I don't know, like screaming and I was like the, like yeah, little girl with the uh, you know one directions, you know, kind of fandom, you know, it was amazing. I even went to the retreat in Dimaro right oh, nice. once. Yeah. Well, because you wanted uh, to see the team train. I like, wanted all the stories I want- of like the drones and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, he he was walking under the tribuna in Dimaro and I just I just screamed, you know, at the top of my lungs, you know. <laughs> grande Maurizio. I just like yes, so, yeah, grande Maurizio and he and uh, yeah, he looked at me and waved at me, and then the whole tribuna started clapping. But they didn't know that he wasn't waving to the whole tribuna; I was waving to me because I, I was seen the your one. Face who like this in, in thirteen oh. episodes, McKellen. No, man, a, like, just to describe to the listener, there's pure, a smile of pure like you know when like someone fancies someone at school and they're trying to pretend that they don't like them, and then you've mentioned their name and they just can't help but smile. That's exactly what's just happened, everyone. Pure joy, pure joy. I was like, as my friends, I was crazy about this guy, and for good reasons, I think. But my point yeah. was, yeah, my point was obviously we didn't win anything. Like we didn't win a Coppa Italia during those years, but it was still the best experience for many Napoli fans. So what the Napoli average Napoli fan wants is not necessarily winning in the Scudetto. People don't hate De Laurentiis because he hasn't won a Scudetto yet. People hate De Laurentiis. I mean, hate is a strong word, but yeah, there is a strong dislike in De Laurentiis because he's uh, very egocentric. He's a narcissist. He says one thing and then the other day he says the opposite. Um, for example, I think yesterday, well, I mean, two days ago, when he had the press conference, I found it very funny. I remember the things he says. So I I take a particular dislike too, because in my memory, I, I don't have a particularly good memory, but I'd, for some reason, I'm cursed with a good memory about uh, their anti statement. So one thing he said was, uh, it was so funny. He said, he mentioned the fact that for many months this season, he hasn't had any press conference. He hasn't spoken to the media uh, for a long time, which is true. And he said, I didn't do it to protect because I wanted to protect the coach. Because if we lose a game that we should win, I could say some things. And I could say, you know, I could say, oh, I should have played this player or that player. But then again, when he wins some, some games that we shouldn't have won, then I should praise him. So I, I want him to work. as I want to protect him. I want to defend him because he said the coach is the best is the most important collaborator of mine so of the of the owner the president so i need to protect him he said can you imagine if we lost a game and i went out to the media and criticized him can you imagine how detrimental that would be and the first thing i thought was well a lot of bad words but then i thought you know do you remember when we lost against real madrid in madrid and the first thing he did was going to the media. Exactly, I after right after the game against Real Madrid, a Real Madrid which would win three Champions Leagues in a row. I think after you know uh, in the in the next three years, we lost three one there, and uh, it was a good game to be honest. But the first thing he did, he went to the media, the Italian media at the Bernabeu, and he said, "Sorry, 
made the wrong decisions. I think it remains the most shocking interview I've ever heard him, you know, give to Italian media. I said like the players were uh, like, I'm ashamed of what they did, you know, like what, just a couple of players played well, you know, the, the whole approach was wrong by the coach. And I still think that that is the reason why Sarri didn't stay because Again, you lose in Madrid against Real Madrid 3-1 and you and you have to hear from your boss, from your owner, ah, oh, we lost because, you know, like all it the was, wrong choices. And, yeah, so, so I think yeah. and now he I says, think, you know, yeah, he says the opposite. I mean, he learned, I guess. He just he So learned. if we get a if we get a compare, so I mean it's interesting. I think a lot of people listening will be thinking, well, hang on, you've got ADL, he's devoted his life, not his life, but a lot of much, a lot of his focus to, to this club getting the club back in in Serie A. And you got Sari, who we had three wonderful years with, but then goes to Juve. Uh, but, it, you know, so what's going on here? But I think perhaps my impression is that it's to do with understanding the culture of the city. And would you say, and showing respect to the city, would you say, obviously, apart from the move to Juventus, that Sarri had a better understanding of that and perhaps fitted in a bit more to that sort of Neapolitan culture than ADL. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's not hard to be liked by Napoli fans. It's not hard at all, you know, especially if you come from abroad, if you come from outside the city, very easy to fool us into liking you, you know, even if you want to fool us, if you're not honest about it. And sorry, I do think he was honest. You know, a lot of people said, oh, he went to Juve, so he didn't mean anything he said about the season. But that's not true. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, sorry, was one of us. And I'm not saying that. Uh, there was a Curva B banner yeah. saying that. Sorry is one of us. And that, they don't say it. Yeah, they don't say it lightly. You know, I, I mentioned before that they don't single out players and coaches in their chance and stuff because the mantra of the Curva B or the youth trust in general is only the shirt. But sometimes it might happen only with banners, not really with chance that uh, they might praise, you know, like individual, like specific players. They did that with Insigne you know, for the last game. Yep. And uh, with Sari, they did it two or three times. Um, Sari was uh, definitely recognized as, as one of us. You know, he was born in Napoli. It's not really Napoli. That's, that's symbolic, you know, but he was born in Bagnoli, actually. Um, yeah, because it's, uh, I think his, his father was working in the factory I was talking about, actually. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, was, really? The one with the, the I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, he said he was a Napoli fan when he was a child. I do believe that because he mentioned some, like, very specific anecdotes about it. And uh, it's just like, at the end of the day, he just understood what it means, you know, to be Napolitan, what it means to support this team, you know, like the immense pride we take into supporting the team and how the team and the city are one thing, you know. But then he went, to manage, he went to manage Juventus. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about that another, another time. Okay, maybe, you but know? have you, I have think you forgiven I him? Yes, yes. I think has, every, has yeah. everyone in Naples forgiven? No, him, not at all. Not at all. He's not. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not like here. No, you know. So, it's, uh, no. But then again, I, I do think if he if we, if he comes back, I do think it would take him like two weeks to be loved again. That that I do believe. Now he's not liked. Now he's not liked at all. And uh, when when Lazio came to Napoli, I think it was in October or November, he was heavily booed when his yeah. name was mentioned. And uh, yeah, I mean. It's very hard to. It, it was kind of a betrayal in a way. That is true, but it's. Uh, I think it's more complex than that, you know. I think yeah, and I think uh, I agree that if he was to come back, it would not take any time. If the team started winning and playing well, for for those those sins to be forgiven. But I think it's interesting. In in the, I'm just remembering in England in in the 1990s there was an owner of of Newcastle United who made some disparaging comments about women from Newcastle. And it didn't take very long for that owner to be, to be got rid of. And the fans hated him. It's slightly different to ADL, but there is a sense really all around the world that the, the owner of a club needs to understand the culture of the city that that club's in, unless you're some oligarch that's pumping in billions and billions and billions and billions of, of pounds. 
But I, w- I personally don't want someone like that running a, f- a football club that, that I support. Anyway, I hope that was interesting for people just to get a bit of insight and nuance into some of these issues around, around ADL. I've got some, got some questions for you, McKenna, about the team this season. All right. Now these, you've got your, you've got your Joe and you've got your Raff and Raff and you've got your shows like Stadio and the Guardian Football Weekly. Great podcast, Rigore. Uh, the Italian Football Podcast. You've got Serie A, sit there. These are all great shows that will ask, ask the right questions. I'm going to ask the wrong questions now. And I just <laughs> want you to answer them without thinking. Okay? All right. So... I have no idea what you're about to ask, by the way. I mean, it's, this was not thing, agreed. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to have a, a pasta five aside. Pasta. So I, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you a name of a Napoli player. He's in my five aside team of the season. Maybe not even that, actually. I might go a bit more random than that. Five Napoli players. And I want you to tell, you what, tell me what pasta dish they are based on their performances this season. Now, don't overthink this. Don't overthink this. Okay. So we're, we're going to start with our favorite player, I think. Lobotka. What is he? Pasta al forno. Pasta al forno. Perché? You said not, not overthink it. I don't know. I just like, I think about Lobotka and I just, just think about pasta al forno, you know, like, I don't know. It's... Uh, what it's is very... pasta al forno? Can you just pasta explain? Al, a pasta al forno is... Uh, oven baked pasta so you cook pasta like you would cook like a normal pasta dish and then you put some cheese in it you put some meatballs in it and then you put it in an oven tray and you bake it in the oven for a few minutes hours when you think of Lobotka, you think of baked meatballs is that what you're saying yeah maybe it's just the shape you know but i well obviously i love pasta al forno and i love lobotka so those are two things and uh yeah, I mean, pasta al forno also, you can't, now that I think about it, once it's out of the oven, you can eat it right away. And sometimes it's better to eat it like a day later when it's cold it. and reheated. <laughs> and Lobotka was the same, you know, as soon as we bought him, it wasn't really Love that it. great. And then we let it rest for a season. And then the season, a season later, he became this amazing pasta dish, which, yes. which, which is impossible to hate. And, uh, also, I did yesterday, so well, two days ago actually. This is this is metaphors off the scale. Lovely. Yeah, okay, yeah. so we've gone from your favorite dish. Now I'm going to ask you, what pasta Alex Merritt is? Oh, Jesus. What pasta Alex Merritt is? I would. Uh, I'm going to be very controversial now. Maybe I the first pasta I think is maybe a couple. Uh, it's he's either. Uh, Pasta l'insalata or a pasta, pasta genovese. Those are two pasta which I don't particularly enjoy. And uh, they are, well, maybe it's more of a pasta genovese in a way, metaphorically speaking. It's yeah, a pasta which is, because it's very overhyped. You know, you when you cook that pasta, it's one of the best, one of the best pasta dishes in napoli like if you go to a traditional napolitan cuisine trattoria restaurant in napoli they were they will have genovese because it's very traditional but for me i don't like it because it's very heavy as a pasta you know it, like it leaves me disappointed and every time i love it because when i go to restaurant with friends every time they say oh you know i can't wait to get pasta genovese i say oh, okay I mean, it's not really for me then they eat it, like they overhype it for like a long time. Then we go to the restaurant, they eat it, and we're like, oh, you know, maybe you were right. It's not that, you know, I should have taken something else. And uh, that's my experience with Meret. You know, like that's <laughs> what it's been with Meret for me. You know, like I was like, we bought him and it's like, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, Meret, I mean, it's, I don't know him. Then you eat him or you see him play and everyone's like, ah, oh, it's amazing. It's so good. You know, he's best goalkeeper ever. I was like, oh, I don't really see I don't really see it, you know, it's like, I, I don't, like what I've always said to my friends, you know, it was, uh, I don't feel safe with him as my goalkeeper. You know, I just don't feel, he doesn't give me that safe feeling, you know, okay. I, like, and it's always like when everyone was 
hyping him. Everyone was hyped about Meret, you know, like, oh, yeah, he's for sure great. You know, he's developed. I was like, I don't, I mean, I haven't seen anything great yet. You're just projecting with your idea, you know, the idealization of a great young goalkeeper because everyone, it was compared to Donnarumma a lot, you know, like, so. I know, there's all those arguments. So, people yeah, sometimes better. there is this trend of like, you get a very young goalkeeper, it's kind of good, and you say, ah, oh, it's going to be great, you know, and then it just doesn't happen. So, yeah, Genovese, like the Genovese, everyone says, ah, oh, Genovese is great, but then they eat it and then they kind of regret it. Do you feel it's safe? very heavy for Do you feel Genovese. Safe? What happens if it if it goes a bit wrong with Genovese? Yeah, what what, I, what ingredients I, are we are we talking about him? A lot of uh, onions and meat. It's so, uh, yeah, a white pasta in a way with a lot of onions and a lot of uh, onions are aren't very easily digestible. That's why I don't like it because I usually go out for dinner with my friends. It's gonna it's, it's gonna come back. It's gonna it's yeah gonna yeah. I always back. yeah I always regret not, it. So I don't I don't take Genovese anymore. So. Okay, so we, we got two very strong answers. Let's do a quick, a quick fire final three. Okay, so just right. name them, Bosch. Um, Victor Ossiman. Victor Ossiman is uh, Victor Ossiman is spaghetti with uh, fresh tomatoes. Okay, classic, delicious, yeah. fresh, Can't go wrong. fresh, and uh, yeah, easily digestible. Can yeah. be improved in many ways, <laughs> especially if the tomatoes are aren't good. You know, that's true. Uh, a few, a few ingredients, very few ingredients, but very need good a good ones. team behind it. If you have got a good chef with that, yeah. it's gonna be very good ingredients. You know, so yeah, yeah, exactly. A okay, few, few ones. Uh, Lorenzo Insigne, pasta dishes. Yeah, yeah, we can broaden it if you want. Food, food in general. I don't know. Lorenzo Insigne could be probably could be a spaghetti con le vongole kind of dish. What's that for listeners? That seafood. Don't know. Let's say seafood spaghetti. Spaghetti okay. with mussels and uh, I don't know how to say vongole. But yeah, it's a very probably. I mean, for me in my in my mind is the most traditional Neapolitan pasta dish. You know, pasta okay. spaghetti with 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 seafood, and that's what the Insigne is. And uh, yeah, I could never get enough of spaghetti con le vongole. And same way, I would have liked Insigne to stay. But it could have uh, been a bit more. And also, it can go a bit wrong if you get the wrong kind of seafood in the system. Anyway, and agreed. Last, yeah. last but not least, the, without fail, the greatest player in the history of, of Napoli, Mario Rui. Oh, Rui. What pasta dish is Mario Rui? I would say Mario Rui is maybe a puttanesca pasta dish. <laughs> yes, mate. It makes sense. I love it. <laughs> why, why would you say that? It's just it's spicy, you know. It's kind of spicy. You can make it as spicy as you want. It's very rich in tomato sauce. And I do think, I do see that in Mario Rui when he plays, you know, like tomatoes. It's uh, Mediterranean stuff, you know. It's, uh, it's kind of one of us in a way, you know, and... Uh, all the black olives, cappers, and uh, uh, yeah, just uh, it, it can be uh, spicy, like Mare Rui can be, and uh, just very, yeah, it's uh, not, solid, not too, it? yeah, solid, not too complicated at yeah. all. It's a not complicated dish, but it's uh, it can be good when it's made good. I think we should always do the podcast like this, to be honest. I think we're onto something here. Um, I'm hungry now, man. I'm really hungry. As, sorry, anyone listening who is about to have a meal or they they can't get to food very quickly. Um, okay, I've got two quick more questions, then we will wrap things up. Um, let's imagine, Michele, that, that your scooter is broken. No. Okay. And no. you have to rely on a member of the Napoli squad to take you on their scooter around Napoli based on their performances this season whose scooter would you feel most comfortable sitting on and being driven by okay it depends on what kind of experience I want to get yeah but it's because you so whatever experience you'd like to have it depends what? it depends because if, if I'm taking the scooter on a Sunday or on a Saturday 
I'm looking for something exciting, you know, I'm maybe I'm like my the difference I would say is if you're going to uh, point A to point B, I want someone reliable, safe, okay, who's, who's not going to be very aggressive. We'll start, we'll start with that and then we'll think about Sunday. I will start with A to B. I think, I think I want someone confident, but not crazy. So, for example, I wouldn't say Lozano because Lozano strikes me as a kind of a very, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, want, I don't want to say the word, but yeah, it's not very courageous, I would say. You know, I w- w- it would probably fall if he drove a scooter. That's what I think. I, but I don't want Rui as well because Rui would be the kind of guy who goes on the scooter without a helmet. And just and screams just, everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just like goes around and uh, yeah, like crazy guy, just like just shutting at everyone. You know, like it's my right away, let me pass and stuff. So yeah, I wouldn't want both of them. I would probably go with the Koulibaly. Koulibaly over Giovanni Di Lorenzo for A to B. That's also a good yeah. That's also a good pick. Well, you can have Koulibaly. I'll have I'll have Di Lorenzo. Okay, that's good. Probably Di Lorenzo that... is more reliable. But Koulibaly is more confident. Yeah, true. And actually that confidence was on the pitch a lot this season and we did miss it when it wasn't there. Equally, Di Lorenzo's reliability was in buckets and we did miss that as well. Um, Okay, so your fancy drive on a Sunday, who's who's driving you? No, Mertens. Uh, There's no... Absolutely. I also drive. I mean, I've seen some pictures of him going with Kat, like in Capri, driving a scooter around. It's... uh, He's a hundred percent like the guy. I, I just I want to be on a scooter with to have fun. I want to have a coffee with him or whatever. I think it's gonna be. It could be a lot of fun. Just to hang out with. Yeah. I think instead of like, there's that show like coffees with comed- comedians in cars or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Car- yeah John- comedians. Yeah. Yeah. John yeah. With the, with the, the Seinfeld. Yeah. With Seinfeld. Yeah. I think you should have your own show, Michele. Um, Calciatore on scooters. <laughs> on scooters, so, getting, yeah, getting uh, well, imagine like the chaos. pizzas. Yeah, yeah. I'd love it. There we go. Make it happen. Producers out there, Netflix. <laughs> I'm happy to be exec producer. We can negotiate. Okay, there we go. Um, that's our, that's, our, oh, I've got one more. So you've got, because you've said in the past, Michele, um, that you follow Anything just Napoli related on social media? Most, yeah, like 80%, 90%. Cousins, of... aunts, uncles of players, why? So, <laughs> yes. One of, one of the best things you can do in Naples, I think, is go to Castel dell'Elmo up in yes. Romero. Best view in Naples. You know, so it's this glorious day, I'm going for a walk. You have to choose to go with a Napoli player and their spouse. Who do you choose and why? And I'm not, I don't want to go down a sexist angle, objectifying angle. Just who do you think's the most, the the best couple to be around to have that interesting time in the castle and look at all those views together? I mean, I don't want to repeat myself. Because I do think that Mertens is, again, the best one to hang out with. Um, in terms of couples, yeah, that's a good question. Again, because I've, Many insights about Napoli couples and uh, yeah, all the gossip <laughs> surrounding the players. I'm not a gossip guy, but when it comes to the players, I'm. It's too late. We yeah. all know you're a gossip guy, Michele. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, as a single, like if if you take out the couple part, I would like to hang out with Lobotka too. I would. I, okay. I think it would be. He's, he's single now, so he, yeah, he's uh, he divorced from his. Uh, well, maybe Why? you could you could be his wingman. I would trip, love so. it to be, yeah. So I can just imagine, yeah. More. But maybe not for a cultural event. I'm not saying he's stupid. Obviously, he's the smartest player ever. But maybe I wouldn't like. I, I would if I want to go. If I'm going to Castel Sant'Elmo, yeah, there are good views, but also there's a lot of history there. Very interesting. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, stuff to learn. So I would want to go there with someone who has a brain, but it's also fun to hang out with. Got to be Chero Mertens. It's hard to look. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Yeah, I wouldn't go. I'm trying to kind of like excluding some players. Uh, I, it seems like him and Cat quite, have quite a lot of fun together as a couple. Yeah, they love the city. They love the culture of it. I would go maybe. Yeah, well, 
I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Like, you know, it's, yeah, it's hard. Like, Lozano is boring. I think it's very boring. Uh, Insigne, I don't think he would be interested in that. I mean, he's gone anyway, so. Exactly. Uh, Koulibaly, maybe, but I don't what know. About, what about Rachmani? Well, what's, what's he like? Yeah, it could be good. I don't think he leaves the city too much. But yeah, he's a fella from Kosovo. He's got quite yeah, a story. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Di Lorenzo is also he's very private. He doesn't share a lot. So Ospina, actually, Davide Ospina. Yes, but I don't like his wife. Okay, forget about. It. Okay, you're going with Chiro and Cat. The end. Yeah. And that says yes. a lot about how Mertens, even this season, is still the person that we just love and trust. In fact, he can pick you up on a scooter and drive you to. Castel yeah. Santelmo. Um, there we go. Leaving, maybe. So yeah, that's no. Dead. You have to take the engine out of his scooter. The right. Um, that's our season wrap up, Michele. So before we go away, I, I think we got a lot of Naples in this episode, which I'm very pleased about. Um, Neapolitan phrase of the week, please. All right. So, okay, I'll just say it. I'll just say it. Um, the phrase is as follows. A lira for ricco, a crianza for signora. I repeat. A lira for ricco, a crianza for signora. Which is, in Italian, would be the lira, which is the money we used to have in Italy before the euro. Okay, so you say you could say money. Uh, lira makes the rich, but good manners make the gentleman. Maybe you are, yeah, you are. You don't need yeah, to explain this. Yeah, okay, right. Like yes, the money, money makes makes you rich, but good manners make you a gentleman. Uh, should I explain this one? I don't. Think I think so. we know, and we think we know who this might be directed towards. Um, so yeah, very good. I love our the, the thematic links between things. Um, Great. Okay. So anything you want to say before you, you go on holes for a couple of weeks to our faithful, loyal millions of listeners? Yes, we can only hope that you know there will not be any more press conferences from the Laurentis and uh, and everyone in everyone around him. It's uh you know, one press conference has been enough and he's he kind of threatened journalists to give two more because he said, you know, I haven't talked for the whole season, so I promise I will give I will be I will just have some two press conferences when where you will be able to ask me whatever you whatever you want. And I'm very scared of that because every time he talks, it's something bad happens. There's always he 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 said a lot of other things which I find very funny and they instantly become memes. Uh, like he said memes. he complained about the whole country in general. He said he said, you know, like we want to be heirs of the Roman Empire, but we're actually heirs of the Visigoth and the Ostrogoth. Because we are barbarians, basically he said, but which I found it, I found hilarious, you know. Like because obviously, obviously, when he when when he asked him a question, then like yeah, he asked him a question about the scudetto, and he literally ended up talking about Top Gun, the movie uh, out now uh, around the world. He said, uh, yeah, uh, in the US, everything is amazing because look at the movies they made, and uh, the question was about the scudetto, so. I've, it's it's hilarious and yeah so but I, I still hope that it doesn't you know like we need some peace and quiet and uh, there is a lot to do a lot to do in this market uh, we have a lot of players unfortunately to replace so yep. hopefully hopefully well, it just focuses a, on that a pure sporting terms it's an encouraging beginning the um yes very well put you remind me to go and see that Top Gun film apparently it's good but there we go he said so, uh, so. There we go. Uh, so, well, thanks, Michaela. Have a great holiday. And I think if ever there was an excuse to unplug for a couple of weeks, uh, ADL threatening to give more press conferences is the best excuse. I'm going to, in your absence, uh, record the penultimate episode of the Maradona Chronicles podcast series that are on the Far From Vesuvius Network with, with Rafa. So looking forward to doing that. And then when you're back, I'm sure we'll find something to talk about. Your mention of 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 Grava has got everyone going. So we have to do that episode and there'll be all sorts of fun stuff over the course of the summer. Um, 
You can find Michaela on Twitter at Napoli Tickets. You can find me at Henry Bell Calcio. And this podcast is from part of the Far From Vesuvius podcast network at Far From Vesuvius. Take care, everybody, and Forza Napoli. Sempre. Sempre. Yeah.